Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Hey, what's happening, Rush Nation? You can see I've changed rooms and been a short break in between podcasts, but it's good to be back here on the flagship show. <clears throat> You'll notice it's just me. It is that case for now. I did send a, a cryptic tweet. I do have uh, one of our Patreons joining us a bit later on as we kick open the the fantasy clinic um so what i'm going to do tonight is similar format go through what was learned in week five and look a little bit about uh some things that i picked up very very interesting uh week five in particular um so just some key trends and things that i've i've picked out or that i've been noticing and tracking and trying to deep dive and look at in a bit more detail and then also use that to sort of take some lessons forward. And I'm going to open the Fantasy Football Clinic. And this is where you, the viewers, can join in. You can ask questions. Um, but uh, our patron, Paul, is going to join us. And uh, he's basically just going to fire some some questions at me. He's going to share his thoughts from, from week five from his perspective. And really, it's just a case of an open forum for about 30 minutes or so for people to ask questions, to get involved and have this a bit more of an open community show uh, for the flagship. So uh, take advantage, you know, take advantage of this time to ask questions and, uh, and, and make the most of it. And like I said, just get involved. And if you want to get involved, jump into my 
my DMs, um, or you know, you can post a, co a question or comment in the chats. But if you just want to jump on for a few minutes, I know sometimes my good friend Brian Drake is watching, and if he wants to jump on for a few minutes and talk about the Eagles before Thursday night football, you know, all of that sort of thing is appreciated. Um, but before we get into the main crux of the show, I do want to talk to you about Manscaped, of course, uh, proud sponsors of our show. Uh, Lawnmower 4.0 is used by over 2 million men worldwide. I am one of those. They have an amazing set of products, amazing set of, um, you know, grooming needs, anything from nose trimmers to hair trimmers. Uh, you can see my beard probably right now needs that as well. Um, but they also have loads of, of men grooming products as well that are, are really great and do do help out. So join me, join the, you know, 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped products. Uh, by going on to manscaped.com, use the code 5YARD and get 20% off um, plus free shipping. So, yeah, just some things I, I wanted to pick out that have really uh, sort of stood out for me over the last uh, maybe couple of weeks, but definitely this week, uh, they're cementing my thoughts uh, a, a little bit more. And that is especially around, um, you know, what, what we've seen this week and some of the offenses i think you know we, we were sitting here and, and we're now five weeks into into the fantasy football season we now have a good clue in terms of teams that are good and teams that aren't as good and uh, you know starting to get an idea how these offenses are, are different from the 2020 uh evolution that we saw to to what they are now so there's a couple of areas in particular that I, i've i've really noticed this weekend and over the last week or so um i'm gonna start with tampa because why wouldn't I start with the with the champions? And um, in terms of Tampa, what I find really interesting about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now is just actually their red zone usage for, for passing. So it's been pretty common to me and what I've always felt that when it comes to the red zone um, usage, you tend to think that Mike Evans or Gronk We'll get quite a lot of that. Obviously, Gronk is out and has been out for a couple of weeks, and these numbers have changed. But also, Mike Evans has always been a, a heavy red zone target who also has those sort of red zone uh, numbers. Now, what I've noticed, actually, especially in the last uh, few weeks, is actually that trend has tended to shift a little bit, and that has shifted well towards... Uh, Chris Godwin and Chris Godwin is actually getting a huge majority of these red zone targets. So he actually inside the 20 has 77% of the red zone catches or red zone targets right now or red zone catches. Um, so he has caught 77, 77 points a minute. So he's caught seven, seven of the balls. Um, he just also has a really high usage um around that area, nine targets. The only players that have more than him is, is Cooper Cup. There's two touchdowns down there. And those touchdowns actually came, or well, one's come inside the 10, one's come inside the 20. And, and why that's interesting is, again, I, I thought it was, a lot of it would be Gronk, and obviously Gronk is out. But Mike Evans has only had six targets down there. He's only caught three. Um, and they have the same amount of touchdowns. So actually, when you're sitting there thinking, I thought Godwin would be playing more of this main iteration of competing with Antonio Brown across the middle. 
Godwin is getting those very, like quite difficult close contact contact uh, catches where um, they're requiring quick movement and you know trying to deceive players on on a lot of play action and a lot of movement and those sort of double movements and shift movements and that's where you're seeing Godwin kind of come into his own and and finding a really solid role so I'd say right now if you're Godwin only you're really pleased with this current trend you almost don't want uh, Gronk to come back in certain ways because he's getting his huge uptake in usage and you know when I'm reflecting on my ranks I seem to have always put Evans above because of that touchdown ability and that seemed to always be Brady's favorite weapon and target and as a Mike Evans owner I'd be a little bit concerned that all that work is going to Godwin but as we'll see on Thursday night maybe that will change as they're playing the Eagles, and if the Eagles cannot contain the outside, then we might see Evans exploit that matchup a little bit more. But especially against the Dolphins, it was very clear that all that work was going inside, and a lot of it was going to Chris Godwin. Um, another key uh, offense I want to pick up on is Arizona, because these are all parts of offenses that we want to get pieces of. And actually, James Connor is a very, very interesting uh, piece to add right now because James Connor is actually getting a significant amount of work in the red zone as well. Now, James Connor inside the 20, I'm just pulling up the numbers here, is actually getting a huge percentage of, of workload. And what he's able to do in that confined space, I mean, he's got he's getting 51%, 51.7% of the work inside the red zone, which, you know, you think, well, he's getting half. The other half is going to uh, Chase Edmonds. But actually, it's not because Kyler Murray's getting 21, 22% of that himself where he's carrying the ball. So he's actually saying that, that Chase Edmonds is getting a lot of those carries in between the 20s. James Conner is the guy they're relying on when it gets down towards the red zone and especially inside the five. Um, inside the five, James Conner has six attempts, which leads the NFL jointly with, with Derek Henry. But he's, he's actually punched five of those in for touchdowns, which leads the NFL with touchdowns inside the five. He is that bulky goal line back. There's no doubt about this now. When it comes to usage inside the red zone, James Connor now becomes valuable. So whilst he is not this must-own from a volume perspective, from that goal line perspective and the way that Arizona continually moved the ball, all right, maybe we didn't see necessarily their best offensive effort on Sunday, but they're a high-powered offense that generate a lot of plays, a lot of opportunities in the red zone. James Connor is going to mop up a lot of those. And he's almost like that 2017 iteration of of LeGarrette Blount, where they just literally flood the ball the goal line. Blount runs it in. You know, James Conner is on pace for 16 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns this season. And I'm not saying he necessarily maintains that pace, but he's, he's clearly got the opportunity to do so. And I think it's quite smart how Arizona are using both of these backs. So I think you'll, you'll have the opportunity for Con uh, for chase edmonds to continue to get big yardage totals but again we're yet to see him score this season and i don't know where these opportunities unless he breaks one off he's almost and you know another offense tampa very similar to this the way that they used fournette and, and rojo last season is 
Fournette would get the, the kind of high value. Rojo would get the kind of yards between 20. And if he breaks one off, great. And I think that's very similar. So it kind of caps Chase Evans upside to very much a mid to low range RB2. That actually increases James Connor to be a, a wide a running back three, but with that running back two upside because he's getting all those valuable touches. So really interesting point. And if you are thinking about players to own, um, players who potentially you can trade for quite low, James Connor might be a really interesting uh, buy low in, in dynasty and redraft formats for not a lot. And he actually has a lot of sneaky upside there uh, as well with that red zone usage. So definitely something to, to keep an eye on. Um, another, I don't want to say a concern, but definitely an area where we want to look at now is, is this Chicago Bears offense. And it is really puzzling. It's really difficult right now to look through the clouds and see what Matt Nagy and what this offense is doing. Because quite frankly, the way that they're, they're using this offense is is borderline poor and, and negligent. And I feel sorry, you know, for Justin Fields because he, he really hasn't got anywhere to kind of go with this because he, he's basically just being told what he, you know, what he has to do. But we're getting very limited amount of RPO, very limited amount of play action. He's getting, struggling to get the protection that, that's covering him. And what this means is you've got the league's worst passing offense in the NFL. You've got a team with no game-winning drives. You've got a team that has thrown for 566 yards all season. 566 yards in five games. I mean, it is it is horrible. You know, you've got a passing attack of, what, 115 yards a game? That's horrific. And what that means is, you know, we keep talking about recession-proof wide receivers there's very few of them alan robinson on that kind of volume he's just completely unusable I mean, we're at the point now where alan robinson is someone you have to put on your bench because there is so little volume to go around here they have two passing touchdowns on the season there's nothing here from this team that looks like you can feel comfortable backing them i mean the only team that has lower attempts than them on the season is the New Orleans Saints, but at least they've got someone like James Winston there. Okay, they're not going to throw the ball a ton, but James Winston will heave a 40, 50 yard pass every now and again. Just just not in Justin Fields' skill set. And I don't really know what the Bears are trying to achieve because does anyone expect them to win the AFC North over the Packers? Probably not. Does anyone expect them to make the wild card? I mean, maybe you're in contention, but I don't think so from what we've seen. So what have they got to lose playing the rookie? And actually just like scheming to his skills, it just seems to be, I, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's worse now. You know, we're not seeing, at, at this moment, there is nobody other than the running backs in, in Chicago you can trust or put in a fantasy lineup anywhere because there isn't just, there isn't the usage. There isn't the volume. Again, we're relying on a passing attack that over five games is averaging 115 yards a game. It's it's really, really, really poor. They're not scoring touchdowns um, through the air. We saw this again on Sunday. And it's a real concern. And until things change, we just have to fade this offense completely. We have to fade what they're doing. And we need to look at, at alternatives and try and find offenses that are potentially underranked uh, and find those gaps, which hopefully we will continue to do and, and look at. But 
yeah, just a lot of concerns right now in those areas and trying to think about how we can overcome them. Uh, some positive examples we saw, we finally saw Kyle Pitts uh, kind of arrive in the NFL, quote unquote. I mean, it only took Ridley to not travel to London, uh, Russell Gage to be out. You know, everyone's sitting there like, oh, Kyle Pitts, he's a beast. At the end of the day, it, it's a combination of, well, he had absolutely nowhere else to go because there was no one else to pass the ball to. And on top of that, you also had, I mean, I think Patterson left the game as well, a head injury or an injury that left the game for a period of time. You had that. And and then on top of that, he still, you know, he produced decent numbers, but the coaching against him, you know, putting a defensive lineman on Kyle Pitts is madness. So at the end of the day, Kyle Pitts, yes, everyone's going to be really excited now. And everyone's going to be like, yes, I got Kyle Pitts. He's, you know, he's going to go off. It's not going to happen. One, he's on bye this week. Two, it's going to give time for Calvin Ridley and all these guys to come back. It took a lot of vacated targets for Kyle Pitts to put up a, a reasonable tight end performance, a, a good tight end performance. So don't get too excited. Don't get too carried away with with Kyle uh, Pitts. Um, I covered for off the waiver wire beforehand. There's obviously some injuries to Russell Wilson. Uh, we've just, I've just seen literally breaking news that um, you've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's going to be out with an MCL sprain. Looks like he's going to miss time. So, again, you probably have to think about Daryl Williams now as the next man up in, in Kansas City. And he will be uh, an addition to my waiver wire column um, when I make that addition later on this week. Because he's someone that you definitely have to consider now that he's out. And that Clyde was hilarious out for weeks. Now, other um, talking points from, from this week. And we've talked about players potentially coming through in, in previous weeks. Um, we looked at, for example some bounce back players over time. And we talked about these stash players, the Terrence Marshall juniors. Again, we're kind of expecting them to, to come through at some point. We're not there yet. There is Tony is obviously a really big, he had a huge breakout game. He's someone that you need to be picking up and looking. And that Giants offense isn't as bad as it kind of made out to be. They are moving the football. Yes, again, I'm only not converting into points, but there is plenty of opportunity there with the right players, the right investment. Saquon's not going to go this week. We've seen that with the injuries. A lot of injuries, especially to running backs right now. So do, do go get those handcuffs, but it does mean on these sort of teams where there isn't uh, a really efficient or exciting back that a lot the ball will go in the air a lot more. And I think the players like Kadarius Tony are going to benefit. I think Mikel Hardman, is, we saw this on, on Sunday. We think he's someone that will now break out uh, a little bit more and, and get a bit more usage. But I also think as well, when looking at potential players, Callaway in New Orleans, he definitely looks like he's a player that's going to stay. It's another player you should be targeting on your waiver wires or, or, or stashing and keeping away because James Winston, when he does heave that ball, it only takes a couple of attempts uh, for that to really pay off for you. But as we're looking at the the medium to long term, as we're into this situation now, the next three weeks are really crucial for fantasy teams. You need to be handcuffing almost any running back because the rate that they're all going down now, it, it just takes one injury to really derail your season. But it also is an opportunity to come back. So, you know, you're looking at the waiver wire this week. You've got Daryl Williams, you've got Devontae Booker. I mean, I'd say right now, Daryl Williams is definitely the number one waiver wire app based on what's happened with Clyde Um 
but I think definitely looking at what is available on your waiver wires and thinking about those potential opportunities, but not just handcuffing your your running backs, but handcuffing potential wide receivers as well. There's some good mid-level wide receiver um, depth in there. We've already talked about Kadarius Tony, uh, but we've also looking at, at players like Gabe Davis. If if we see something happen to Emmanuel Sanders, and that's something that you know it does happen most you know every every season, couple of seasons or so. But some of our stash plays are starting to come alive now. So, for example, we've seen we've seen um, Rondell Moore for a couple of games now. It's a little bit inconsistent. It all depends on his usage, but he's someone that's going to break through uh, and and really start to come through now. We're still waiting on that sort of big breakout from Terrence Marshall Jr. But it, I think it you know we're seeing some usage now that it's not showing in the box score, but the roots run, the peripherals are all looking fairly decent um, and trending towards an area that he will break out in the second half of the season. Rashad Bateman, we expect to get activated off IR. He's someone that if you've been stashing him, you should be excited about, especially with his aerial attack. Nobody has more air yards than Lamar Jackson this year, and he's heaving that ball downfield. We'll see how he gets on tonight, but he is someone in particular Rashad Bateman, that, that should fill you with some real excitement. But then you've also got, you know, players like Donovan Peoples-Jones. It's just so much going on. And, you know, with these injuries, you need to think about who the next man up in, in these teams are, almost across all positions, maybe not necessarily tight end, but running back and wide receiver. I wouldn't say quarterback is that important, given the depth there are in most leagues. So, Think about who the next man is. Look at the, look at the depth charts and think about if if a player went down who's getting very high volume. So think about like Devontae Adams. Is it Randall Cobb? Is it going to be uh, Alan Lazard? Those are the sorts of guys that, if something happens to that player, can really turn around and make things uh, change. Another area of the game now really comes towards these bye weeks. And these bye weeks are, are really crucial. You're going to need to take some shots. If you're a team that is sort of 0-5 or 1-4 um, after tonight's games, you know, you need to start taking some shots. And spending that fab on players like Tony, who can get you those wide receiver one weeks, is, is absolutely massive. But I think on the whole, when you look at the breakdown of, of week five, we saw a cross-section of some teams that we knew were good sort of maybe click into gear and bounce back. A lot of people questioning this Chiefs and Chiefs offense right now don't. They've had a very difficult schedule, probably the most difficult in the NFL. You never bet against Patrick Mahomes. You never bet against this this Chiefs um, offense. You know, don't overthink things now. We're getting into the bye weeks. Your, your, your roster becomes a little bit thinner because of these bye weeks. These next couple of weeks are going to be absolutely brutal. So make some key decisions. Look at those low-powered offenses. So right now, if you have players from the Jets, from the Bears, um, even from the Saints to a certain degree, um, the Miami Dolphins, have a look and think, do I actually really want these players on my roster? Is Devontae Parker really the best option? If I'm struggling to have a, a low ceiling, high, not even high floor, mid to low floor guy on my roster, because People will stash them as their names, but they're not going to help you. If you're 0-5, 0-6, 0-7, 0-8, 0-9, 0-10, 0-11, 0-12, 0-13, 0-14, 0-15, 0-16, 0-17, 0-18, 0-19, 0-20, 0-21, 
one and four, even two and three, you need to take some shots. Like for me right now, I'd be dropping Devontae Parker and I'd be picking up Kadarius Tony because Kadarius Tony on his day has wide receiver one upside. You can never say that about Devontae Parker, not with this offense. Uh, they didn't look as bad against the Buccaneers, but at the same point, they didn't look great. I mean, they had periods where they looked all right and Brissett until he got injured, looked mobile, but you know, they didn't realistically look like they were going to score on every drive and Tampa really did. And that defense is struggling and struggling big time. It, and there's a real concern here with how they're moving the ball. The Jets are a bottom five in passing and rushing offense. The same with the New York Jets. The New York Jets just aren't moving the ball. And that's not to say that they're bad players. It's not to say that they're players that you should, you know, abandon completely. But, they, you know, if you're in a position where your roster is, is really thin right now, you need to be cutting the likes of Ty Johnson, maybe even Elijah Moore, the Jamison Crowders. These guys aren't going to help you win fantasy championships. They're almost luxury players who, when your roster is nearly complete, they're guys you can take chances on. But actually what you need is high, high, high ceiling players. You need to take shots. If you're going to, you know, if you've already lost five games, you lose another game. It almost doesn't matter. You're in last chance saloon now. You need to be taking shots on the Kadarius Tonys. You need to be taking shots on the Daryl Williamses, on the Damian Williamses. Even Devontae Booker to a degree, because at least he starts. Yes, it's not necessarily the sexiest pick, but over what's on the waiver on on the waiver right now, right now he's almost a flex play by default. Um, just on the volume he's going to get. If like Rondell Moore, I'd be only Rondell Moore over a high number of players right now, just because of what he has the ability to do. If I'm in a position where I'm a little bit stronger and I'm in playoff contention, I'm adding the Tim Patricks of this world and the players who do have that safe floor um, that could produce AJ Green, who might not produce those wide receiver one rigs, but are going to be consistently performing at a wide receiver three with a wide receiver two upside sort of level. So that's the kind of review of the week. That's some takeaways. We'll cover some more off now. I want to bring Paul into the discussion because I know he wants to ask some questions and I know I'm also keen to hear from you if you're tuned in right now. Um, you know, I've, I, I have got a question from, from Michael in the chat. He's just asking me if I would uh, change anything. I mean, he's got a, he's got a, a deep team. Like, I mean, no. Um, but if you want to know about some strategy, you want to ask how we can try and improve, not necessarily start sit questions, but looking more at a strategic point of view, then, then we can definitely go ahead and cover these off, um, type some questions in. Um, you know, even ask to be involved and, and and we can get you on potentially. We'll have a look. So I'm just going to bring Paul in now. Paul is one of our patrons. Paul, how's it going, my man? You all right? I'm all right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Good to have you. We are live. Um, so I've always wanted to do this. Uh, you, you're live on the internet, so please do not forget <laughs> the family show. Um, my Davina McCall, big brother. I was going to say you, you remind me of Davina McCall. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, just it's just just the hair, isn't it? It's close, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, thanks for joining. But uh, I, I want to bring you on. I want to try and get a couple of the patrons on and coincides with some of them sort of bedtimes and uh, a bit of it with short notice. But just to talk through what your thoughts were on week five. Um, obviously, quite a. A strange week, a lot of injuries, some low-scoring games mixed in with some really silly high-scoring games. Um, 
what your sort of key thoughts and takeaways were and, and how that affected your, your sort of fantasy teams? Um, so I had a very up and down week five. Um, I took my first loss in my home dynasty league. That was a, a tough one to take. Um, but it's, it's so mad. There's so many injuries. And you just, every week I'm sort of doing my waiver article, just sort of thinking, oh my God, I'm just adding a new player every time just to replace a main running back, you know, Edward Zulier going down this week, Saquon going down this week. And it's just, I'm just like, is is it me or does it just seem like there's so many more injuries this year than there is normally at this time? Like, I don't remember this many injuries last year to such significant players, but all in all, I, I think week five was pretty good for me. I, I think I did better in my dynasty leagues than I than I do have done in the last few weeks, but the toughest loss loss of the week is uh, the five yard listener rules mania league where I, where I I lost to you, Merv, after you started Dalvin Cook and Calvin Ridley, who are both out. I I and should I still lost. Ca- <laughs> I should caveat this: there's no bench, so Calvin Ridley was on waivers. So someone dropped him because he's on buy next week. So someone thought, well, I can't use him for two weeks. So I went and got him off waivers. And Davin Cook was out because he's only out for this week. And I was like, well, I don't really want to lose Davin Cook because there's no bench. So it's either you start him and get a zero or you drop him. My logic on getting Ridley was, well, I might not win this week, but I might win next week. If I can go one and one over the next two weeks. I'll take that. And then I've got Calvin Ridley, who is a potential wide receiver one going forward. At worst case, a wide receiver two. And then Devontae Adams decided he was going to pop up. And there's some crazy scoring with it. It's basically... Is it four, four, four point, points four per point, reception? Yeah, four points per reception for wide receivers. Um, so Devontae Adams scored 70 points. And that helped a lot. Um, yeah, so that I mean, that is a tough loss for you. And I, I feel for you because it didn't play to, to I said play to win of course I played to win but I wasn't expecting it but um yeah it's a crazy league rules main your league yeah. absolutely rule yeah. um tough, tough one but but now ultimately mate is this in all the other leagues I've I've done okay but the ones I've done really bad in like like my home league dynasty league I've lost Clyde Edwards earlier this week and I'm very weak at running back and that's left me in a position now where I'm just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? My my starting running backs next week are going to be Miles Sanders. And and that's not a great position. No, I th- you know, we were talking, I was just talking beforehand that you, you know, you're going to be adding that. If, in Dynasty's harder because if people own Daryl Williams, if people own Damian Williams, if people own, um, I doubt anyone owns Devontae Booker. If anyone, if anyone owns Devontae Booker in your, in your Dynasty League, then they probably need to get their heads examined. Um, but I'm, gonna t- you know, I'm, gonna, they, I'm gonna check that right now, yeah. I unless it's a super deep league, I mean, I actually am in a league where I do own Devontae Booker. In fact, I drafted Devontae Booker because I just thought, yeah, well, he, Saquon will go down at some actually, point. He is actually owned. <laughs> well, there you go, he, um, he's owned. Daryl Williams is owned. Uh, I'm, I'm just reading that Tyreek Hill has a minor knee injury but does not expect to miss time. So, uh, P. Ryan, P. Ryan's on the COVID list as well. Yeah, so it looks like he's not going to play this week either. I don't know how much of that matters if um, the fact that 
that Mixon played. I know that he outsnapped Mixon. I think it was 49-10, but a lot of it was I don't think Mixon was in great he shape to he carry a workload. Yeah, he but he scored a touchdown, so you know if you started him, you did all right. You did all right. But I want to get you on just to because I, you know, when I kind of open this this sort of fantasy football clinic, and you know, we do this in the Patreon, we chat a lot about strategy, and we do a Patreon cast, and there's a lot of things that that we do. But and I know you in particular, obviously, like to ask questions, and I know that you'll have questions that other listeners will have so i kind of want to go through you know what your thought process what you kind of want to know now we're five weeks in we kind of know who the good teams and the not so good and the kind of average teams are and some of the things that you would want that you think would be useful to know as a fantasy owner that are going to help you maybe move from a team that's not in contention to maybe playoff contention to maybe get there or help you get into the playoffs or just get you through the next few weeks or whatever it is, it's going to kind of move the needle forward. Yeah. So, so one of the big questions I've got at the moment, and I, and I think I asked you this earlier is, um, no, I think it was the other day actually is what, what do I do with Kittle? Cause <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got Dawson Knox on my bench and, and you said to me, you said you just can't not play Kittle. And obviously I was handed him on, on IR and stuff, but what what do I do with him? I'm just, you know what I mean. I'm like, I can't, I can't keep benching him, but I can't keep playing him because he's just hurting my team. Well, he's on IR, so you can obviously put Kittle on IR for the next few weeks, and that will always help you. Um, I think you know after that, I think this Dawson Knox streak. I know he scored again in three for 117 and one last night. You know, I, I don't think this streak of, of touchdowns Dawson Knox is going to continue all the way to the end of the season. And I, I think that by that point, Trey Lance will get his groove back. I mean, one of the good things with this IR, it does coincide with the, the bye week for the 49ers. So it's actually one potential less missed game because of that bye week. I think it's a case of you, you have to play Kittle most weeks but wait till he's fully healthy. So even the first game back, you might be hesitant and you can start Knox. But I think you have to, by that point, you got the, the, the one thing with IR is it buys you time. You've now got three weeks to see if Dawson Knox is putting up 317 and one every week, then no, you, you definitely don't drop him. But I, somehow I think at this point, the, the situation will kind of resolve itself out. And it kind of has. When you ask that question, the next thing that happened was Kitter went on to IR, and you haven't really you can punt that conversation. And I, I think it's, but it also holds true to those who maybe don't have George Kittle and have Mark Andrews or uh, Kyle Pitts. I know Kyle Pitts is a great gamer, so I touched upon it already. But I think you know the way I always look at it, and the way I've always played this game, whether it's right or wrong, is if you drafted a player in the first five rounds, you drafted them to be a starter on your team. Therefore, if you don't start them, I have to question why you drafted them in the first five rounds, because that's the, that's the, like the staple of your team. Um, even if uh, the, the exception to that now would be Alan Robinson, because of that the usage on this unique situation of the Chicago Bears is so bad where they're putting up less than 115 passing yards a game, 
that's a very different scenario, which is something that cannot be predicted or planned for. And I think it has to be something that drastic that would cause me to drop a, a top five round player or injury or disciplinary reasons. They're kind of the only things. So I think if you've drafted a player in the first five rounds, you have to play them out unless there's just something really weird, like what's happening in Chicago. So, for example, what's happening in Chicago makes everyone there unplayable. It's completely fine because you can't rely on Alan Robinson to be good on 115 passing yards a game. <laughs> like he's not going to survive. At some point, you would expect that. Yeah, but at some point, that will auto-correct. It's just how long will it be? So, yeah, it's just something to, to watch. But I, I'm just... The Titan position is a difficult position to navigate. I keep saying this. is why I don't like to draft Titans high because you are forced into making those kind of decisions. I always just rely on... There's always a guy on the waiver wire you can pick up. This week, it's David Njuku. But every week, there's always someone you can pick up that will just fill a hole. Because it doesn't take a lot to be better than 75% of the tight ends at the position. Uh, like, no one drafted Dalton Schultz. You drafted Dalton Schultz right now. You picked him up early in the wave a while. Like, last week, he was still only 4% owned. You'd picked up Dalton Schultz last week. Or Dawson Knox last week was only 5% owned. Yeah. Like, you picked up one of them last week. You're absolutely laughing for the rest of the season. You don't have to worry. Last season, it was Logan Thomas and Robert Tunyon. But it's the same story every season. There's always a guy in the, on the waiver wire <laughs> early in the season who will just do will do you a job. So that's you know, if nothing else, it's a great lesson not to draft Titans early that aren't called Travis Kelsey. Yeah, yeah, and and doing doing my own blog this year has helped me realise that because I was always somebody that was like, oh, I need to get a tight end in now. I need to get a tight end in now. But actually, I'm every week I'm finding a name that I can talk about and go. Well, actually, he's not that much owned I, I i could definitely pick him up every week so i'm looking at that going i'm i don't think i'm ever going to draft tight ends early ever again like you said unless your name is travis kelsey i just don't think i'm ever going to reach for somebody that early and, and i'm somebody that does i i'm i'm a bit of a reach in me <laughs> but, no and i i think that's that's key is it's just i i don't like the way my rosters turn out when i do it that's the bottom line is i don't see where they help but is there anything else sort of right now across like what you think you could what you'd like to know now that is going to help your team in the next three four weeks going going forward yeah so the other one was if if you're rowing four not many leagues i'm rowing four but there are a couple Mm -hmm. would you look at that and go i could still put together something that could potentially maybe I could sneak into the lower end of the playoffs and jump in there, or would you just accept and go, do you know what? I'm owned for, I've not really got a team that is worthy of competing. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tank now and accept it. Yeah. I, so I would never accept it. Um, it's the type of player I am. Uh, of course, if you play in, in 20 leagues, then that's very different. You might go, well, actually, it's strategically advantageous to not do much in that league because it gives me time to focus on other leagues. But let's assume you only have a couple of leagues and and you're 0-4 or 1-4. and I No, I, there's three things that I think you can do right now 
that will get you in. Now, first of all, I should say that I have had 0-5 teams get into playoffs. I had a team last year that was 1-6. I got into the playoffs at 6-7 and seven on points scored and then won the playoffs. Like, it can happen. <laughs> it's rare. It will annoy the crap out of people, especially when the person you beat in the championship game is undefeated. Like, that annoys people. But at the end of the day, it's fantasy football. Anything can flip on, on the toss of a coin. Like, it, it really can. It's why we love the game. If it was so predictive in its own nature in that regard, you wouldn't play it because you would just give up after four weeks and five weeks. And there are three fundamental things I think you can do right now as an owner. And I'm not saying they're going to work. I'm just going to say the things that I would do that would give you every opportunity to succeed. And listen, it might blow up in your face. It might not work. But at least what you'll do when you get to, I don't know, week 10, and you might not make the playoffs, is go, I threw everything at it. And I always am okay with it. If I threw everything at it, I threw everything at it. It didn't work. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll rest easy knowing that I did everything I could. Then going, well, I did crap this year. <laughs> See you later. I, I don't know. But the three things I would do. One is I would look at what my tradable assets are. And what I mean by that is you have to look at your best players. And what you need to think of is the sum of all parts is greater than the individual. So if, for example, you've got a Christian McCaffrey, you've been dealing with his injury. Yes, right now you might not be selling from the biggest position of strength. But he's a guy that realistically puts up 20 fantasy points a game. You could trade him to a contender or a mid-table or whoever it might be team who might be able to offer you three serviceable players in exchange for Christian McCaffrey. And they might just be all bench players for that team, or one starter and two bench players. But if they make your team better, that's something you need to consider. This is true of quarterbacks. If you've got a Josh Allen, a Kyler Murray, this is true if you've got a Davin Cook, this is true if you've got uh, a top wide receiver, wh whatever it is that kind of makes up your elite players. Because every team will have one. Every team had a first round pick and a second round pick and a third round pick. Every team will have one really good player. It's just the odds of the game. So it's about taking that player and shopping them around to see what the best deal is. And what you want to get is try and get three players back. And you might lose a 20 a 20 point per week player but if you can get players who might score 12 to 15 points a week across three positions and you've currently only got players there that are scoring say eight points gives you a seven to ten point gap advantage on three positions so that's 30 points versus the 20 points you're trading your net 10 every week that's kind of how you have to view it that's something I would do. I've done this hundreds of times. It always looks a bit weird. The other team obviously has to drop players or you have to drop players. But if you're 0-6, you've probably got players that you can drop. So, yeah, you'll have to drop some players, but I'm sure you've got players you can drop. I don't think it's hard. Um, that's the first thing I do. The second thing I do is I take the best player on the waiver wire, regardless of whether I need them or not because you should have the best waiver priority so i take the best player whether i need them or not so if the best player that week is it'll be damian williams this week i might be stacked at running back i don't care one i'm sure you can get him into your flex but let's say you can't i'll trade him 
you want to acquire tradable assets, whether or not you need the player or not, it's much better to get Damien Williams and actually get something back. Like the Clyde Edwards-Alaire owner will probably give you something better for Damien Williams than what the... And do you know what? If you're number one on the waiver wire priority, guess what? You can actually do this before you put the claim in. Hey, look, I'm going to take Damien Williams. I'm just... Or Daryl Williams, sorry. I'm going to take Daryl Williams. I'm going to let you know now. But I'm open to trade him to you. What will you give me for Daryl Williams? Because if, let's say, for example, you get Emmanuel Sanders back and you're short wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders is going to be much better and more useful to you than Daryl Williams is. Everyone wins. He gets cover for the running back position he needs. You get a player that's better than what's available on the waiver wire right now in Emmanuel Sanders. Everybody kind of wins that situation. So if you got the first claim or the second claim on the waiver wire priority, I'd be shopping that claim. Effectively saying, I'll take the pick for you. Who do you want? What are you going to give me in return? And I'd be working it quite clearly. So take the best player available on the waiver wire because that person will always be worth more on a a trade asset. And then the other thing is, because trading is, is really difficult, is on the waiver wire, just take shots. I would literally, my entire bench would be people I could just get rid of. I could just literally be like, I could take or leave them. Um, but I want to be getting every high upside player I can. So like Kadarius Tony is an absolute must this week. Rondell Moore would be an absolute must this week. I'm not taking average players or names. Uh, Rashad Bateman, if he's out there, I'm absolutely taking Rashad Bateman on my waiver wire uh, claims over someone else. You know, I'm not, I'm not fussed about the Traquan Smiths if he comes back. I'm not fussed about, and I, and I know I sort of said this earlier about Alan Lazard. If maybe Alan Lazard, if in the sense of if Devontae Adams gets injured, that could be quite a decent move. But I'm not worried about anyone from Detroit, for example. I'm not worried about Amara St. Brown. He's not going to be a big a big player. I'm not worried about the Diami Browns. I'm not worried about the Cedric Wilsons or. Um, anyone like that i'm not worried about chris conley or rashad higgins or these sort of flash in the plan one week players i want players who yes they might score a zero or they might score 30 points like Kadarius tony like I, I you might as well throw it all in i'd rather someone get a zero knowing that they could get 30 points than a guy score 10 knowing that his ceiling was 12 that's kind of my kind of thought process when i'm there so they're the three things when you're 0-5, you just have to work harder than everyone else. And you have to decide if you if you think that's worth your... I'm not saying you have to invest hours, but you have to invest time. Shopping around the league, shop your players around, shop your waiver wire priorities around. Um, do your research, try and think of where you can execute trades. But it's also fun. I actually find that being 0-5 and, and trying to turn it around sometimes is more fun being in a league where you're five and zero and you haven't got any competition and you're kind of just waiting for the playoffs because especially if you've got teams like that and you get to zero and six zero and seven zero and eight you kind of know you're going to make the playoffs so actually what you do between weeks eight and week 12 don't overly matter yes they do in the sense of i could get a buy and but really it's just about maintaining at that stage and and trying to keep the, the train on the tracks whereas actually your fun part is now trying to work on an 0-5 team and thinking, where do I get that first win? And then where do I get the next win? And things like your matchups are so important. Like you need to think about 
the wide receiver twos in matchups that have really, really good soft matchups. So I'd be targeting anyone that's playing like Miami or Houston uh, or anyone that's just got quite bad uh, NFL defenses right now. I'd be targeting those matchups. So you want LaVisca Chenault? You want LaVisca Chenault this week then? All day They're long. The Dolphins, I, I, especially after what Chris Godwin and, and, and Antonio Brown did to the Dolphins on Sunday. Absolutely. LaVisca Chenault is like almost a smash play this week. Yeah, I'm not the biggest LaVisca Chenault fan, but I just look at what they did up the yeah. middle. And If I was Urban Meyer this week, I'd just put the tape on from Sunday and like, okay, so all the Buccaneers did was did some pre-snap motion and brought guys across and just put Godwin and, and Antonio Brown out there to catch balls in the middle because they can't tackle. Okay, great. Cheers. I'll just do that to Chenault because I know if I get him into space, he's going to break through and he's going to score. More so than Marvin Jones. Like I think the Vishka Chenault and James Robinson are going to be in for absolute field days this week. I'm not saying that the Jags are going to win the game, by the way. I think the, the Miami <laughs> Dolphins might have too much of them. But my point is, Dan Arnold as well. I mean, Dan Arnold is a great play this week at tight end because... They can't do anything up the middle. The linebackers are slow. They don't make a lot of tackles. Yeah, I, I, I think right now, like I don't think the Tampa offense has been particularly good this season. I think it's been bad, but I don't think it's been great. And I think they were made to look a lot better on Sunday than I wouldn't say than they actually are because it's a very deep roster. I just there just wasn't that many tackles made. You, you know, Antonio Brown's a good player. Like, don't get me wrong, he might go to the Hall of Fame if he sorts his issues out, but. <laughs> yeah, he was made to. He was made to look better than he was uh, on Sunday, and 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 Chris Godwin had a field day. I mean, they all did. I mean, it was like it was, it, it was basically like the Pro Bowl. They just went out there and had a great time. Yeah. So but, yeah, I'd be targeting those sorts of matchups. I'd be looking at the teams that have bad defensive matchups, and think about the players I can use. So Lavishka Chenault, as you mentioned, is a great play this week. Um, against a bad defense. They're the kind of matchups. I'll be looking at wide receiver twos against the Cowboys, uh, wide receiver twos against the, the, the Giants to a degree, although I think they are a slightly better defense than some mentioned. Um, yeah, matchups become important and follow those matchups and, and think about where you can exploit and, and make differences because they could be worth anywhere from four to four to 10 points difference in a week, and that could be a difference between a win and a loss. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got one more question written down, and sure. it is: What is your value on DeAndre Swift? <laughs> uh, in Dynasty, I assume you're asking this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dynasty, Dynasty. It depends been, on the I've team. Been, I... I've been targeting him, and uh, the league I'm targeting him, uh, the the trade just kept keep getting rejected, and I'm just like, I'm offering. That everything with the kitchen sink and all like you know and i'm just like am i overvaluing him or am i undervaluing him or something because I, I i honestly i'm thinking he's up there in the top four or five next year in in dynasty startups yeah i don't think he's going to go that high um do you not no i don't think anyone that takes him there is is naive um He's going to finish as an RB1 this year. But he's going to finish as an RB1 because Jared Goff is a borderline NFL starting quarterback. And um, that offense 
that offensive weapons wide receiver. That's probably the worst wide receiver room we might see. I don't want to say in our lifetimes and get into hyperbole here. It's it's as bad as a wide receiver room I've ever seen in the NFL in the twenty plus years I've been watching it. If anyone has anyone worse, then please please write in and let me know. Without injuries, of course. Um, I, 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 the the problem the problem with them isn't it isn't the case of DeAndre Swift is is this mag. I mean, DeAndre Swift's a good player. Don't get me wrong; he's a good player. He was he was one of the top four running backs last year, rightfully so. He was taken onto a team that that perhaps needed that, and uh, you know it made sense. A lot of it makes sense. The offensive line's not too bad, but I think he is the he is the king of a situation that is not going to be that situation next year. If it's that situation a year from now, you have to fire everybody because they have not done their jobs. You have to fire the GM. You have to fire the coach because there is no way you can go into next season. You might have to play Jared Goff purely from a cap perspective, right? Because of how much money you're paying him and how many assets. But you've also required assets to take him, which include picks. That you Because his contract was that bad, the Rams had to hand over picks. So you could move away from him and effectively have bought draft picks, which is what Cleveland were very good at. But you're looking at a quarterback in, in Jared Goff who was stone dead last in completed air yards at 3.7. His intended air yards is below average. He just he, he offers very, very little in this. I mean, he just doesn't offer you a lot. He's the king of the check down at the moment. Because there's so little, and I'm not. It's not entirely his fault because it's void of talent. But it's all going to change whether they change quarterback, whether they change, and I, that is that's on the table. But they're going to have to change the wide receiver room. They're either going to draft wide receivers or they're going to sign free agents. And DeAndre Swift will suffer because they will not run the ball as heavily. It's like, it, it's very similar to kind of what Jacksonville were last season. Jacksonville were quite. I wouldn't say devoid of talent, but they struggled to move the ball last year with, with Gardner Minshew at times. And everything went through James Robinson. They improved that situation through the draft and free agency. They signed Marvin Jones. They signed LaVisca Chenault, who was injured and missed quite a lot of last season. He is now back. They got uh, Travis Etienne. All right, he's not able to play this year. But the whole point was that offense was not going to go through James Robinson this year. It happens to have done through a, a bizarre set of circumstances you couldn't have predicted. That's why I, I, I don't think DeAndre Swift is... A, is I, I don't think anyone's taking him in the top five next year. I don't think anyone's going to give him that respect. Well, I mean, if you do, great. I mean, I, I'll say to you now, I think you'd be reaching because I don't think he's going to get the respect. Because he's not on a good team. Yeah. He, he, yeah. He's going to be in that similar ilk to David Montgomery. People will look at that and say, well, he was, the situation is why he achieved what he achieved. Or the schedule is why he achieved what he achieved. No one's going to look at him and think that the great talent progressed it all. And maybe that's unfair. Maybe that's not. I don't really know. But I, I don't, you know, for me, Christian McCaffrey... Ezekiel Elliott, um, Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, all those guys, before we even get to rookies uh, and young second-year players, will will be picked well, well ahead even, of, of Even in Dynasty, you 
you're going to go. Yeah, even in Dynasty, because Dynasty running backs, again, you're looking at a four to five year window. He's going to be at the end of year two. He's already had injuries. You're looking at maybe two good years. And also, I don't know if I'm investing in, in, in Detroit. I don't know if I want to be investing in that offense <laughs> unless unless something drastic happens in the next in the next twelve months because they're still not going to be a good offense even though even with first round picks because they might have the first overall I don't think they will but I there's a chance they could have the first overall pick you know typically when they get the first overall pick this next class isn't full of great talent. There's some good players in it, but it's not great players. I don't think it's as good as the previous two or three classes, at least from what I've seen. That situation is not going to improve. I wouldn't say it's going to transcend into a top 10 offense overnight. And so when that happens, do I really want to be actively acquiring pieces for lots? Now, if you're trying to win this year, it's worth throwing your weight in. And, you know, going back to your initial question of how much is Swift worth, it really is is how much you're willing to pay versus how much is it worth for the other person to part with. If the other five, a first round and a second round pick should probably be close to enough, maybe with a stopgap player to, to help them. If a, if a team is sort of mid-table with some aspirations of playoffs, it might not be. You might have to throw future picks out there. But I, I think a first in 2022 is is the absolute minimum with maybe a second. Um, I and also, if you're going to contend, your first round pick is, is not going to be worth as much. If you end up winning the league, your first round pick is essentially a second round pick. So actually, then the value of him is, again, it, it all kind of depends on how it works. I would say the key dynasty window kind of opens next week. And I think it opens for the sort of next four weeks. And I think Swift is the sort of person, depending on the team you're trying to trade with, where the price might go down, it might go up. I, I, I would tend to think that you're more likely to get some love to sell him. If that team falls to six losses, maybe even seven losses. I think that yeah. team will then be more inclined to sell because they need to rebuild for next year. And to do that, they need, they need assets. Um, that's what I think, but I'm never a big fan of trading for a rookie running back unless I think that rookie running back is going to deliver me a title. Because I say rookie, I, I mean like a young on a rookie contract or any running yeah, back, yeah, really, yeah. because they only have three or four years, really. Derrick Henry is the exception, there is a few that carry that on, but most running backs tend to not go too far beyond five years of increased productivity um, before they fall off a cliff. And there are a few rare exceptions, but how many 30-year-old running backs are hanging around the NFL right now? <laughs> There's not many. Whether there's a wide receiver, you're always going to get that value because a wide receiver doesn't really become in their prime until they're 27, which is four or five years into the league. And even then, they can still play another five years. You know, a, a wide receiver life is, is 10 years. A quarterback life is 10 to 15 years if they're these good to, to great players. Unless they're top a running back, a, a top elite, yeah, exactly. But a top elite running back, if you get five years out of them at elite production, that's incredibly rare. You're more likely to get three. And if you think with Swift, he was injured last year. So this will be one. You may be buying two years of good production. If it all works out, that's kind of the best you're going to get. And let's not forget, 
they went out and got Jamal Williams. They were looking at more running backs. All right, they didn't push that trigger in, and Swift has come out there. But don't be surprised if they go shopping for a running back next next summer and go and add another back to this backfield because they've already shown this this staff here has already shown that they're willing to do that. So I would just be cautious about throwing all in on on DeAndre Swift, despite how well he has produced this year, because I think that entire offense is different in 12 months. And it wouldn't shock me if they went with a three-headed monster and went with, you know, similar to what you see in in the Colts and have three backs that share the workload. And Swift will be severely capped from that bell cow workload that I wouldn't say he's quite getting now, but he's as close to. I don't think the situation's ever as good for him again as it is right now. Yeah. But that's not to say yeah. don't trade for him. You should definitely, uh, if your team is contending, still you should trying. definitely contend. Still but no, it's been, it's been good. I, I hope I hope this has been useful. Um, I hope it's been useful to you uh, and to everyone listening. Um, thoughts of what we've covered off? I feel like we've done a I've, deep, I've, deep I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it, mate. It's, um, strategy is always a, a big thing for me. It's, you know, and I heard, I listen to quite a few podcasts and you hear a lot of people that sort of say, oh, when you get to 0-4, that's it, you're done, tank, and you know what I mean, start selling everything off. I'm like, oh, I'm only four weeks in, you know, there's a, it's a long season yeah. and, and I'm like, I, I want to know what I can do to maybe try and turn it around. And I think what you've said is, is really, really helpful in me actually turning an 0-4 team into... Do you know what? I reckon I could sneak into the playoffs here. Bit of bit of graft, bit of effort. I'll turn I'll turn it around and have a go. And like you said, if you if you don't, you don't. At least you've you've you can you can finish that season going. Do you know what? I did what I could in every league, whether I was losing, whether I was winning. I did what I could to have a go. Yeah, and I also I also think on that that you'll learn less in one way or the other. You'll learn what works and what doesn't work. Right. Um, I always think whenever you're in a situation, you might be zero five you know next year you if you're in 05 this year and you go 05 next year what are you going to do differently and like if you've been through that stop, experience before stop writing a blog stop telling people no, how to do things absolutely not listen i've got an 05 <laughs> team like it happens I've, i'm my uk bucks group i'm 05 like it happens you can have a great draft you can execute a great plan and it doesn't work that's the great thing. We're not talking about robots. We're talking about people. And sometimes these things do happen. It's about what you try and do. And I have, unfortunately, I, that 0-5 team, I am struggling to think what I can do to get better. Because I look at the players on the waiver wire and think, actually, they're not much better than what I've got, despite the fact I'm losing. It's, in, it's a combination of injuries and a few other things, but I think yeah, you just got to shoot your shot. I I'm going to start trading in that league. I think that's the the bottom line. I think that's how I will solve it because I still have players who I think will have good seasons, but I need to change it. And I think that's you just have to try different levers. And like you said, what works works, and what doesn't doesn't. You'll think about that and do it differently the next time round. But I almost think of it as preseason. Take a hit on players, um, see what happens, and the strategy side will always benefit you because when you ended that situation again you'll know what to do or more importantly you'll know what not to do if it didn't work if it did work you'll know what to do if it didn't work you'll know to do something differently than the previous time and those kind of reps will always help you in, in how you do things so 
I appreciate you coming on. And and like the reason I did this is, and I want to do this more, maybe with some of the other patrons or other people, maybe come back, Paul. It's, it's hard sometimes when you've played football, fantasy football, as long as I have, to think about almost what it's like to be like on that side of things in the sense of I, I kind of just see the game in a different view now because I podcast and I write and talk about it and I kind of live and breathe it that I kind of forget some of the more day-to-day questions because it's almost like muscle memory. So I have to sometimes think about, well, what do people need to hear and, and how can I help? So appreciate because it kind of brings me back into that world. So, uh, and I love talking the strategy stuff. So you mentioned you got a blog. Where can people um, go and, and find that blog and, and reach and, and interact with you as well? Yeah, just, just come and find me on Twitter there, at, at Paul underscore picking. Uh, come and find me. DMs are always open. I've just put my week six waiver wire article out. Um, I started last week a uh, bit of a start of the week thing with my brothers where we do a head-to-head-to-head. Um, we all pick our starts of the week and um, we're going to have a, a forfeit at the end of the year. Um, and I believe it was suggested that one of us has to do a Juju Smith-Schuster TikTok video dance and post it online. And uh, So I don't know what way that'll go, but yeah, come, come and find me. I'm always up for a chat, always up for a laugh and just enjoy the, the game. Yeah, you're, you're a great bloke and uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you this season. Thank you very much for supporting <coughs> the podcast and and being a patron, it means a lot to me. It means a lot to all the five yard guys. So, thank you. I'm glad that you're able to do this and and come on. And you know, it's my way of really saying thank I you. Enjoy, to you. I enjoy coming on, mate. I enjoy coming on. It's Good. nice. Well, we'll get you back on again, at, at, definitely at at some point. So, um, thanks, Paul, for joining. Um, thank you for watching. I hope that it was a bit different this week. And I want to do some of these fantasy football clinics. So do you know what, if there's a topic you want me to cover off in future, please do um, ask, do, do send it in via DMS and think I would really like to know this, or I'd really like to talk about that. It would be really invaluable uh, to me and to the show. Um, So please do. I want to have more audience participation. I want to know how we can help you and reach out and I'll, I'll do my best is, so much better than start sits because most of the start sits get asked you know i just i just forge you to my rankings um because they will answer most of the questions they're in three different scoring formats it, it, it's got almost everything you kind of need you know you don't need me to tell you that i've got one player ranked slightly higher than the other it, it's there on a, on, a, on, a, on a website but um two more things one please do check out manscaped um please do they're, they're great sponsors and they keep the lights on so please do check out manscape.com uh christmas is coming up never get uh you can't get early enough in my opinion so you know treat treat someone to some lovely products at manscape.com with the code uh five yard and then i've dropped the christmas word far too early but do you know what someone's got to and it might as well be me um i'm also trying to get rid of this scrooge vibe that i've uh, earned over previous years um the last thing is actually a bit of news about the podcast itself and this particular show. So moving forward from next week, um, we're going to have a new host. Um, I'm not going anywhere. Don't worry. I'm still going to be here. As you know, Stocks is as is currently doing the, the college podcast. He's been doing this for he's going to be doing that, I, I think, for a little while longer. And I don't 
know when stocks he will be back on the show at, at some point i don't know when that's going to be and it's very difficult to be a host and an analyst and to answer your questions and to host the show and to get a guest on and so i want to bring on a host who's going to hold the show together and i think improve this show even more and i'm really pleased to say and announce that my good friend dan hughes is going to be joining us and will be our new host of the flagship show starting next monday dan's well known in the community he's an absolutely brilliant bloke um i've known dan for a few years i'm blessed to call him a friend he's someone i know and i have that sort of rapport with does mean you might get some more bucks talk rush nation which i know some of you are going to absolutely deplore but at the end of the day dan's a great guy i'm really pleased that he's agreed to to come and do this till the end of the season we see where we are but i know you'll all welcome him with with welcome you know with big arms so um yeah if you if you know dan drop him a message and give him some support especially as we go live next week with not a revamp it's going to be the same show but we are just going to have a, a new man in the chair in dan who's going to host the show and he's going to do a great job and very excited to to have him so um there's just a bit of sh bit of news from there but stocks will be back at some point we don't know when but it will happen and yeah thanks as always for continuing to support the show and watching it and i look forward to helping you all through week six and beyond um great content coming tomorrow with the dynasty guys the the fan team dfs podcast which is going from strength to strength and if you haven't checked that out please do uh, the game show will be back on wednesday i am three and one now i've won three in a row paul is deliberately gutted because he was on earlier on in the season and lost it was a close game uh on sun on sunday but i pulled away with a w i do have another great guest of um, and friend of mine on who i'm absolutely delighted to uh, to take on and uh, and play alongside. So that will be back on Wednesday. IDP will be here on Thursday. So lots and lots going on. The college guys are going to be on in 15 minutes' time. So please stay on the channel and go and watch them. You can catch and get your stocks fixed there. I know he would love to have you and see some messages uh, from you on there. So please do interact. But that's it for this week. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And from Paul and I, Till next week, as always, don't forget, keep rushing. entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.